The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to Busted Opens, the Masters class. And here we are with our Masters of the Ring, Tommy Dreamer, Bully Ray, Mark Henry. I hope you like what you're listening to because the Masters class drops each and every Sunday. So please subscribe to the Busted Open podcast. It's free. As a wrestling fan, you know it's hard. All the blood, the sweat, the tears, the chairs. It's a hard day out there. And do you know what tastes incredible after a hard day in the ring? A Mike's Hard Lemonade. You get all hot and bothered, and then you can cool off with an ice-cold hard lemonade. Since day one, Mike's Hard Lemonade has been making lemonade the hard way. They take three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, and cold-press them to create a taste like no other. They choose to do things the hard way because they know hard days deserve a hard lemonade. That's why for 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. Find now in store, Mike's is hard, so is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium malt beverage with flavors. Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. 
to get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month. Go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. But if you love what you hear here, you're probably going to love what you can hear Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time, because Busted Open is live. That's right, six days a week. And if you have the Busted Open podcast, you get Busted Open seven days a week. So make sure you subscribe for exclusive content you only get right here on the Busted Open podcast. And guys, I think today in this very special setting as we are in L.A., in our L.A. offices here at SiriusXM, and it is WrestleMania week, I want to ask you guys an important question. Okay. And that question is this. Do you need to have WrestleMania on your resume to really say that this is justified with your career, that, you know, your career is on that next level because you have WrestleMania on your resume? Do you need WrestleMania on your resume to be a quote-unquote successful pro wrestler? And I'm not even talking about a WrestleMania moment because there's very few that have that WrestleMania moment. But I'm just talking about being on a WrestleMania card. Does it justify your career? I, I don't think so. I think that it adds to it. It definitely legitimizes you as a talent that's worthy of the grandest stage of them all. But the grandest stage of them all is built on the fact that it's had history. I mean, you can go back to WrestleMania one all the way to now. And the common denominator between each one of those shows is the best guy in WWE was on that. Now, there's some guys that are not in WWE that, you know, did not have a, a WrestleMania moment. And I don't, I don't, I don't know. Somebody like Muda, did, did, did Muda have a, a, a WrestleMania moment? Main Great event? point, because he's going into the Hall of Fame this he's year. He's going in the Hall of Muda Fame. Muda has never wrestled a day for the WWE. Right. So people like that, they, they don't need the grandest stage of them all. So... That answers the question. Yeah, but I, but I think when you look at somebody like the great Muda, I'm talking about right now in pro wrestling. When you look at the current state of pro wrestling, oh, you mean right? But, now. I mean, I'm, I'm, but I'm just throwing I'm just throwing that out there because because Mark, you said something earlier in the week, and you actually said this, and I and I kind of agree with it that WrestleMania is like the Super Bowl when it comes to pro wrestling. Well, when you look at the greatest quarterbacks of all time, right? Right. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Troy Aikman, even a Dan Marino who never won a Super Bowl, but at least appeared in a Super Bowl. Can you really say that you're the greatest quarterback of all time if you never led your team to a Super Bowl? So when you look at your career as a pro wrestler, and I'm talking about really – as but as as WrestleMania has become grander every year, it becomes bigger and bigger. But you just answered it, Dan Marino. Marino, didn't win. but he did go to a Super Bowl. But he, he did went, go to a Super Bowl. But he, 
Well, I guess that's making an appearance. Oh, that's that's making. That's what having, I'm saying. That's having like a, with, a, with, a, with, a moment. Yeah, but I'm saying like I'm not saying about a WrestleMania moment, but just appearing on a WrestleMania card. And let's face it, guys. Like you know, for especially here, but now you know, obviously you know the WWE and WrestleMania is global. I mean, I would think that everybody that's a pro wrestler, for the most part, when they're a kid, they're dreaming about holding a championship title over their head at a WrestleMania. Yeah. I don't know what you think, Bully. Well, here, um, you guys know how black and white I am about most when it comes to most things pro wrestling. You said successful. Do you need to be at a WrestleMania? Do you need a WrestleMania moment to be successful in wrestling? There's only one thing that defines or denotes success to me in pro wrestling, Dave. What is it? Money. Money. Hold on. Money. So... Do we know of anybody in the industry that, you know, other than Amuda, who predominantly wrestled in Japan, uh, he did wrestle in, in the States, I'm sorry, he did wrestle in the NWA, but who has made a lot of money that has never wrestled at WrestleMania? I mean, in this country, I can't, I can't name one. I, I can't. Like, if you, if you go overseas, like maybe a new Japan, you could probably pick somebody out. But here, I, I, don't, think you can, I don't think you can make that claim. Can you think of somebody? Kenny Omega, Young Bucks. I think the industry has changed. If I could tell you from a personal standpoint and then also... But their careers are not over yet. No, I, I get it. But ECW, WCW, WWE, all coming out of time. I could, I could care less if I ever made it to WrestleMania. Then, the moment ECW went away, I was like in the WWE system. And then I was like, can I even scratch at that? And it is something as a as a human being, as a talent. It's like I want to be there. We're all competitive. We're all that. We also, if you're in this industry, you understand that it's not not everyone is going to be the main event of WrestleMania. But just getting to that. And I remember specifically having conversations with talents, AJ Styles, when he was just the TNA guy, Samoa Joe, and Be Rude. Can I make it there? Because you're so comfortable in the world that you were in, just like I was in ECW, and they were in TNA. And then I was like, if you go with your talent and ability, yes. There's all the other intangibles. But they were as a, as a competitor, I think it is something for you personally. But now that, again, we have AEW, then it's like there may be guys. It's, it's twofold. There may be guys that, man, I'm happy where I'm at. Or then now the biggest thing is Cody. If Cody has the success already, but if, you know, Cody being the face of WWE, if that happens, that entire locker room is going to be like, hmm. It's already happened, though. Cody's already won. Without Cody, having a match Cody, yet. Cody has already won. He won the minute he won the Royal Rumble. I get it, but he hasn't been the face yet. And if you're the world champion, there's a whole other thing. But what I'm saying is it now opens the door for people who are comfortable there. So then it's on the other end. Well, Tony Khan, hey, well, I don't want Orange Cassidy or Jungle Boy or to ever have a WrestleMania moment. I want these to be my home guys. I don't think right now they care, but you never know how that is later on. Creatively, what's happening, the longer you stay in a company – you know, you get somewhat stale. It's like, can I make it there? 
Well, you just said something that's interesting. You talk about AEW, and you say that you know the landscape of pro wrestling has changed, and a lot of that has to do with 100%. AEW. Now, we all hope that AEW survives because it's better for the business, but who knows what the future is? If you you mentioned Kenny Omega, bully, he did. okay, Tommy, you mentioned Kenny Omega. If Kenny, like, if AEW, let's just say, goes away in a decade from now, are people going to remember Kenny Omega the way that you remember? a Cody Rhodes or a Roman Reigns or all the other figures that we've seen at a WrestleMania. Same thing I, I with the young so, Dave. He He's carved out uh, an international um, uh, resume. Mexico, AAA, being in Japan. Like, he, he'll be remembered. The matches that he's had at AEW, pretty damn good resume. No WrestleMania, but... Like Bully said, the night is still young. And just talking about Kenny and getting to a WrestleMania, remember when me and you were on a couple of weeks ago and I was talking about Kenny and I said, when I think of the word pro wrestler, I don't immediately think of Kenny Omega. I think of Randy Orton. I said, Kenny is the best at something on the planet. I'm just not sure if pro wrestler is the right term. But imagine a guy like Kenny Omega got to work with Randy Orton. Oh, shoot. See, I didn't even have to ask Mark the question, just the Jeez. reaction. How much better does does Kenny Omega become working with a Randy Orton? It, it would multiply. I'm, I'm not talking about once or twice. The, the level of competition would be there. They both have a lot of pride. They want to look as polished as possible. And they don't want somebody else to come out of the match going, yeah, that guy outclassed him. Kenny is competitive, and so is Randy. We also and saw I that. would pay a lot of money to watch them two guys. But see, I, I, but when, when, but when, when Bully mentioned that, you're only going to get that at a WrestleMania. At a WrestleMania. Correct. You're only going to get that. And you know, another name that mm. was mentioned here was AJ Styles. Now, I always looked at AJ Styles as one of the greatest pro wrestlers especially in the last 20 years. He's on that list. Great matches with TNA, great matches in New Japan, great matches in Ring of Honor. But I think if he was in this room right now, he would tell you that once he made it to the WWE and was on a WrestleMania card, his career went to another level. I think if you ask you know, the mainstream fan or most fans what, what match is AJ Styles most known for, they're probably going to say the match with Jericho at WrestleMania 32 over in front of over 100,000 fans. So as great as I thought AJ Styles was, once he got to the WWE and was on a WrestleMania card, he went to another level. And you just said if AJ Styles was in this room right now, he would probably say those words. Well, I can tell you that he did say those words directly to my face. He pulled me on the side, and he said those words that you hate saying to me. Bully, you are right, because we used to preach to the younger guys in... Um, in uh, TNA, like I would say, like AJ was a Kenny before a Kenny, kind of like the the high spot yes. guy doing a lot of spectacular things in the ring. But the older guys, like a Booker or myself or Kevin, would tell him, "If you really want to make money, if you really want to succeed in this business, you have to go to the WWE and learn the correct psychology that will take you to the next level." And he admitted it. He admitted, like, yes. This is what needs to happen. And I believe on 
our shows, whether it's you know the the weekly show or on, on the master's class, that's what we, or at least I know, I, I don't want to put words in Tommy and Mark's mouth. That's what I preach: the psychology end of it. A Kenny Omega at a WrestleMania, absolutely. Bro, I'm confused now. Oh, I'm, not, I'm sorry, not confused. <laughs> I'm conflicted. Okay. With my answer, because I I would love to see a Kenny Omega and a Randy Orton or a Kenny Omega versus a John Cena. Some, a legendary WrestleMania guy. Like, I'm not saying that it would make him, it would validate him, but it would make him better. And it would make him drastically more known around the world. Well, that's the other thing too. Like, I I would think if Kenny Omega's known but if Kenny Omega ever came to the WWE and was in a main event at WrestleMania, you're going to tell me that two, three, maybe even four times fold, more people would know who Kenny Omega is? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I still have people that come up to me and go, what's the show you're on now? They don't know. And when I tell them, they go, oh, I'm going to tune in and check that out. Like, I was, like. <laughs> like I was not speaking English when I said that I'm at AEW. They just they don't know the company. That's how young AEW is. And you you get a guy like Kenny who I believe is so talented. He is on a show that Mark is he works for the company saying a lot of people still say we don't know this show because when you take the entire spectrum of pro wrestling, the entire world of pro wrestling AEW is still a, a bit of a niche um, in the world of pro wrestling. The WWE is actually, you know, it's a their playing field is the world. You know, every country in the world. So when you have a guy like Kenny, and we just happen to pick him out, and I think he's a good example of this, who is so talented in the ring and all the great stuff that Kenny could do. Could you imagine if Kenny was exposed to real psychology? he would be unstoppable. And he would probably attach years to his career because he wouldn't have to do every Kenny thing in the book every single time. Because a guy like Randy or a guy like John, right, Mark? Yeah. They're going to show him how to just take a couple of the things he does, put them in the right spots, and make them mean more. Right, because it's a... The WWE style, the number one thing. And when I say styles, I mean, like, there's Taekwondo is a kickboxing martial art. So is Wing Chun. And everybody Wing Chun tonight? We Wing Chun tonight after this. Everybody Wing Chun tonight. Randy is more of a take it away guy. We're going to, we're going to, he's, people are going to try to do stuff. And Randy's going to be like, no, I'm taking that away. And then when it finally does happen, it's like the people, they just blow the tops because it's been taken away so many times. Kenny doesn't work like that. If Kenny worked a match like that, it would be life-changing for him with his body because the brother is, he, he I see him get beat up, and I hate it, but he's so good at it that he's able to protect himself for the, over the long run. But I think, like Bullet said, 
he would last even he would last another 10 15 years uh i think we've seen this with daniel bryan if you look at a lot of top stars now they start in ring of honor where it was kind of whatever happens happens and then they went through the wwe system but look look how brian danielson has grown from wwe to aew and then like he's the perfect mix of all of that and if you think about the history of the business Shawn michaels is the greatest example that there was no indies there was territories here was this unbelievable talent different eyes and then they're like let's break them apart and he was the guy like the aj styles like the kenny omega that could do everything so ahead of his time but then through psychology through great people guiding him even when you know he wasn't mentally wanting to be guided he still went out there and became Shawn michaels um it's it's such a a great dive and we could talk on and on about this i would ask you guys this because i know my answer and maybe this could be the podcast for next week kenny omega and the young bucks would they be hall of famers if they just stopped wrestling today Based upon their resumes, based upon what they did, based upon changing the industry. Why choose just them? Nope, because they helped form AEW. I'm just talking about them in particular. But then on the other half of it, would WWE consider them Hall of Famers? It's two totally different animals. I mean, there are plenty of people in the Hall of Fame right now who haven't done nearly as much as Kenny and the Bucks. And we all know that the Hall of Fame is part of the show. You know, there, there are plenty, there are people in the WWE Hall of Fame that absolutely, positively belong in the Hall of Fame because they put asses in seats. And then there are people in the Hall of Fame because we need to add a fifth name to the Hall of Fame and this will be a feel-good moment. But also, you, a lot of those names that you're talking about is from a different era, like the territory era before WrestleMania really came into prominence. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to mention one last thing. Before I go to each one of you asking if you do need that WrestleMania on your resume to justify your career. To me, the two greatest of all time is Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan. I think Ric Flair, to me, is the greatest pro wrestler of all time. And you have Hulk Hogan, who's the biggest box office draw of all time. That's my opinion. I know growing up, Tommy, that that was the match everybody wanted to see. That was the ultimate fantasy match was to see Hogan and Flair in the ring together and they did wrestle each other but it didn't happen at a Wrestlemania it happened in mm. WCW and it happened on the on the pay-per-views for WCW and still people look back at that You're as right. being like the match that never happened it did happen it happened multiple times but because it didn't happen on the Wrestlemania stage it loses a lot of its credibility so I'm wow. just gonna th- I'm just gonna throw that out there because I think it kind of blends <laughs> mean, in to you the mean conversation. Roll like grenade in the room. Well, that's, that's what you just did. Listen, it. I, I listen. I'm the biggest Ric Flair fan that there is. I would have loved to have seen that happen at WrestleMania. I I got to see him in the ring, but it never happened at a WrestleMania, and I think it took a hit because it never happened at WrestleMania. So, Tommy, do you think you need to have WrestleMania on your resume? to really justify your career? From a fan's point of view, no. From a wrestler's point of view, yes. Okay. All right. A wrestler, a competitor, someone who's in the industry, yes. I need that 
for, I guess, your own validation. I'm speaking 100% from my, about myself, how I felt, and then from others. And you've seen the emotion. You've seen people break down. You've seen this where it's just like, I made it. Because there's not one person in this industry that has never watched a WrestleMania. And it's just like, I mean, before we talk about it, people playing their entire lives from their kid, getting to the Super Bowl, getting and winning are two total different things. But I feel it's like, man, I made it here. Any fan, um, when you're a kid, and you, if you're a fan of football, what, what, what did you fantasize about as a fan of football? Maybe Super Bowl. Everybody wanted to go outside maybe, and play Super Bowl. Maybe you made the game-winning tackle in the Super Bowl. Or if you wanted to be a quarterback, you made the game-winning through the t- game-winning touchdown pass. Now, what if you're a baseball fan? What were you fantasizing about? Getting to World the World Series. Series and hitting a walk-off, right? And I, and I think it's important you said that because you're talking about, like, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega if they would go into the Hall of Fame. As a young kid... Are you dreaming about being at the podium at the Hall of Fame, or are you dreaming about making that catch in the end zone or making that game-winning home wow. run? The game, Boy, it, it, it's, it's the game-winning goal yep. at, at, in, in hockey. It's the game-winning three-pointer in, in baseball, all to win the championship of your respected sport. So you cannot tell me that there is one wrestler on the planet who's gotten into this business to who said, you know what, I want to be the main event at a... Uh, at um, Wrestle Kingdom. Backlash, or yeah, yeah, or or at um, or at uh, All Out, or at uh, Sacrifice, or at any other. T- Everybody wants to be in the main event of WrestleMania, and I think that wrestlers who say, "Oh, I don't, I don't need to be in the WWE, or I don't need to go to WrestleMania," I think they're full of shit. I think that they say that because they know that they don't have a shot of making it, and I think it's sour grapes. Okay, strong take. Now, now there there might be guys out there now because of an AEW. Now there might be guys and gals out there who say, "Well, I can stay in this company and I can make it here, and hopefully everything will be good." But then you hear people kind of change their tune. Kenny just recently changed his tune in an interview, where he said, "Where they asked him about going to the WWE, he did not say no. He said, I'm always up for a new challenge. You know what that is? The door.'" left just open enough so as a guy who hates the term forbidden door in wrestling to me that's a forbidden door kenny omega going to the wwe Hmm. all right mark you're the most conflicted during this entire show what do you think uh bully just convinced me that i remember being a little kid that we made WrestleMania belts out of cardboard and tape. And that was the standard. It's like winning the NBA. Man, I've hit a thousand shots to win the NBA championship as a little kid out in the yard. I've caught that pass. You were the play-by-play guy and the guy shooting the ball, right? Yes, I was. Mark Henry, he's at the 50. He's at the 40. He's at the 30, the 20, the 10. Touchdown. The Cowboys win the Super Bowl. I was that kid. We all were. So with that being said, I had to say yes. And to reiterate the point, because 
we've had so many veterans on our show. And what did they all say that were in the heyday of the territories? Once the WrestleMania thing happened, they all said, we knew we had to get on that WrestleMania. And then once the Hogan-Andre thing happened, they saw it and were like, we have to be a part of that. And these were guys who were successful forever, all said, we knew this was changing. Wow, I can't believe we've, we've, in, How many have we interviewed? DiBiase, did, did Ted DiBiase said, man, I, I knew I had to be the main event of, uh, whatchamacallit, the, where the, the Saints play. In the Super, uh, New Superdome. Orleans. Superdome. Yeah, or even at Starcade. Starcade was a big deal, but it wasn't WrestleMania. It's, it's, again, how the business has changed, but if you listen to everybody we've ever interviewed, even like Ricky Steamboat, who left... But he was just like, it was just like fire. And I was on that thing called WrestleMania. Mm. I think it's been a great discussion because, you know what? And you guys know, I grew up watching the NWA. I love the NWA. That was how I first fell in love with pro wrestling. But I feel like covering WrestleMania the way that we have over the last, you know, almost 14 years that this show has been on the air it's just a different feel. It's just, it, it, there's something, it, it's the pageantry, it's the whole nine when it comes to WrestleMania. You know who I would love to ask this? I'm sorry, who would I, I'd love to ask this question to? Rick. Because he has main evented Starcades and so many big, big shows if he finally had his validation getting to WrestleMania. That's a excellent point and... We should ask him that one day because I don't think that there's any one wrestler on the planet who's more qualified to ask that, answer that question because who has been the most successful pro wrestler on the planet that never worked for the WWE? Ric Flair, right? It's It's, it's got to be. Now, I know it was his retirement match, which turned out not to be his retirement Sting. match. But even for Sting, I remember at that time him doing interviews and talking about, even though I hated the way that that match ended, and it still gets me upset and angry every time I think about it, to be at that WrestleMania 31, to be on that show. Um, But Ric Flair, even though it was, you know, at that time his retirement match, just talking about that match, it brings him to tears. He wound up wrestling a lot more after that. But talking about that match against Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 24 brings him to tears. I, you know what we need to the next time we have Ric Flair on we have to ask him but I wonder if he feels like it because probably more people talk about that WrestleMania 24 match than they probably do you know him beating Harley Race at Starcade 83 for the NWA championship <laughs> Bull is calling I'll call him right now <laughs> alright Dave we, uh, Rick, we're, we're wrapping this up Bubba yeah yeah we need John next week okay we'll find out next week thank <laughs> you Bull <laughs> Double Cross Ranch. I've said this story before. Even though it was WWE ECW, when I won that ECW title, I was in New Orleans, and I was just like, "Oh, thanks, blah blah blah." And I walked and just kept walking. Congratulations! Oh, it's all cool. I went and called my house. I went outside and I broke down crying because I was like, "They believe in me." For one second, this company believed in me. And it gave me such validation because I was like, God, I just wanted it. Bubba talks about the chasing of the hug. But, like, I wanted it so bad. I didn't let anyone see me cry because crying is weakness in that eyes. I've been weak a long time. But, like, 
And I've seen it in my friends where they're like, they go to the other room and like they just drop. And it's just because for finally you have this validation that this thing that you've loved your whole life finally hugged you back. And it's an awesome, awesome experience. And then I went like this, like I'm going to do now. And I walked back inside. Oh, no, I'm good, blah, 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 blah. But you have, and we've all had those moments, whether it's back in the hotel, um, I'm what, Drew McIntyre. And he was just like, I finally, like when I did it in during the pandemic, I had it in my, you know, I had it there on my bed. And I was like, wow. You know, those are moments that like, I mean, again, when you really listen to these stories and how these people talk, it's that validation. And, and WrestleMania is that validation. We've been in WrestleMania for how many days? It takes over a friggin' city. Yeah. People fly in from all over the world. They plan their trips. They they do whatever they can to be a part of it. Now think if you're the wrestler being a part of that. It's awesome. Dave, we actually, if you remember, on the drive over here from the airport this week, we had this conversation that Tommy just talked about, about having that moment of validation because I was telling you, we have all been brought up in the business a certain way where you're so hardened that nothing affects you, even the good stuff. So you just won your, you know, he wins the ECW championship for the first time and you're taught to just no sell it. No big deal. But then all the emotion comes out of you and you have to kind of do it by yourself because you don't want want everybody to see you crying that you just won a championship because you don't want everybody looking at you and going, oh, you're a mark. Right. I still have on my phone, Daddy, congratulations on winning the championship belt. Wow. I have an Android 8, and I will never get rid of it because that message is on that phone. I was hardened so hard. I was hardened, you know, as a kid by my family, hardened by the business that none of these things ever phased me. There were a couple of times where I was like, wow, this is really cool. Like having a- – I'm going to bring up one that you've talked about on the show – because we talk about WrestleMania 17 in Houston at the Astrodome. And you tell that story that you're in your hotel room and you're looking at the Astrodome. And a lot of that had to do with, the, you know, the the Bad News Bears as being one of your favorite movies when you were kids. But you're like, that was probably your like, oh my God, wow moment. Like, I am about to perform at a WrestleMania at this historic venue that's going to be sold out in front of, 60,000 fans. And I've never told this story before. And I have the video on my phone. And I'll release it this week. They just thought about it. Talking about this historic building, right? Mm -hmm. It's really cool when that historic building is filled with 68,000 people and everything is going down, down in it. Years later, when I was performing for, with Ring of Honor, I performed in the arena next door to the Astrodome. It's a smaller, I don't know, 10,000-seat arena. And that particular night, uh, I think I was on last. I was teaming with the Briscoes and Six Man. We went on last. And by the time I got out of the arena, it was pretty late. And there were no more cars in the parking lot. And there was nobody left in the parking lot. And I get in my car. And to get out of the complex, I had to drive past the Astrodome. And I looked at it. And it's probably one in the morning. And all you could hear is the crickets. Mm-hmm. 
and all you could see is the stars, and it's silent out. And I parked the car, and I walked up to the Astrodome, and I just put my hand on it, and I just touched it. Because that building meant something to me right in that. It meant mm. more to me in that very moment alone. I was alone with the Astrodome. It meant more to me than that, that, that night. And I just, and I picked up my phone and I started talking about it. And I said, this is, this is something that I will never, ever forget. This is a moment where I will always give myself my flowers because me and my partner, and four other guys, Matt and Jeff and Edge and Jay, Christian, went into that building and created something that people for the next hundred years will talk about. And, and, and Bully, you have a Hall of Fame career. You've had amazing matches, great moments throughout. Nothing is going to top that. Like nothing that you it have, sucks. It, like nothing will top that. What you just said, do you realize what you just said? You lived every day from that moment on is dying. And you chase. And you chase it. It's and wrestling, knowing wrestling that it a, might not, it's never going to happen again for wrestling me. Wrestling is a bad I'm done. drug. I'm done. That WrestleMania moment validated my career. And you just answered the you question. Just answered the and question. I answered the question. <laughs> you just answered the it, question. It, it, it did. Because, Mark, I know from all the conversations that we've had, and we've had a ton, obviously, throughout the years talking about wrestling, I I can see it in your eyes, your face, the way you sit up when you talk about the match that you had at WrestleMania with The Undertaker. Take it, right. It, you, you, the reverence that you have for that, for Taker, for the moment, that the fact that it's a WrestleMania, your eyes, your face, the way you sit up in your chair when you talk about it, it... And uh, I asked you guys a question. You don't have to say the number. Was WrestleMania your highest you ever got paid to wrestle? Yes. No. Really? Mine was. Nope. And that's My the other validation when you get that check. The check is a And I'm like, man. I got paid this to do this? One night? I, don't get me wrong. That, that night's payoff was incredible. But my highest payout in the WWE was working the main event of the Invasion pay-per-view. Oh, yeah, that did great buy rates. It did, it did really, really well. Think of how many people you were involved in that match. That, that was a 10-man. Yeah. But it was the main event. Yep. So that slice of the pie is already carved out. We were fourth at WrestleMania uh, uh, in the Asherdome. So that slice of the pie was carved out, and believe it or not, it was less. It's crazy how the payoffs, you know, payoffs but work. that, again... That that ten man, you're not going up to the building, and it's it's just. And again, WrestleMania is the backdrop for that. You just <laughs> said WrestleMania was your biggest payday. You just said WrestleMania, you know, the the greatest moment. You 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 stopped your car at one o'clock in the morning. You put your hand on that building, Mark. The way that you talk about the match with the Undertaker, I I, I think you guys answered the question because because any wrestler, as you said, and I, you know, you said sour grapes. I don't know if I go f as far as to say that. But the fact, if, if anybody says, I don't need that WrestleMania on my resume, have never been on a WrestleMania. Because I feel like if, and maybe I'm out of turn saying this, I feel like if you've been on a WrestleMania, then you're going to think differently of that if you're actually on the card. I'm looking at this studio. 
surrounded by glass, people outside looking in, as opposed to being part of WrestleMania. That's what it is. I know when I come to these events, I miss the WWE so much. And I miss the hustle and bustle. I also work behind the scenes. The most I ever worked hours-wise. But, like, I'm, like, and I'm very, very happy and content in my life. And I'm, like, I really miss this. I really do. I don't know what it's like to be retired yet. I don't know how I'm going to function as a normal human being. But it's, like, I wish I was a part of this. Wow. I do. I'm very honest. And I love it. And I love what I'm doing in Impact, and I love indies, and I love Busted Open. But I'm like, man, I would I would kill to be a part of this. Tommy, I'm going to say this, and it's obviously completely different than what you've all have done for the business and for even WrestleMania. Being here and covering WrestleMania, I justify what I do as somebody who's a host of a wrestling show. Like, I never really felt like we went to that next level as a show until I was able to do covering you know wrestlemania and you have worked impact you have worked aew you have worked uh big big stuff and then once until happened, until i was actually on location at a wrestlemania i i and you feel and it. i even know you've even said it like when you were like i couldn't believe like part of like i mean you've been part of the super bowl press and, and yes. you're like i can't believe or how wwe has really really gone out of their way to accommodate this show because this show has blown up, but like it is a big part of it. And like, I mean, we all put you over for it, but yes, it is that validation. Like, Holy crap. Or WWE's calling me to go do something. That's, that's an awesome, awesome thing from a straight up fans point of view. All right, guys, I think this has been an amazing. I cried again on the match. Yeah. You know what? I need emotional. Listen, I, I, I think this was an emotional. Donut. I think this was an you emotional episode. Cry. I almost cried. Yeah, bu- bully. I mean, I that was to, strong. I had to start. I'm sorry. Stop it. Don't do it. But I gotta get my emotional. That, support. that whole Donuts. days before you close. <laughs> I need some. That that unpacking your bag the day after winning the championship, and you put it on your bed or you put it on the on the dresser or. The, the chair where you keep all, like everybody has a routine of unpacking the bag and washing the gear, putting stuff in the freezer so it kills bacteria and it don't smell and all that kind of stuff. Like we all go through this procedure, except for some people we're not going <laughs> to hey, talk about. I'll be over here now. Um, <laughs> when I saw the title just sitting on my bed one day, I had to call my brother, and say, bro, on my bed is the world heavyweight title. And he's like, man, good for you, man. I'm glad you, you know, respecting what you do. And I respected my work. But it took for a moment by myself to appreciate my work in order for me to truly feel accomplished. And, I, man, I've been a world champion multiple times in different stuff. But sitting there by myself, no people, nothing around. Man, I felt like a king. I felt like royalty. I could have died that moment, and it would have been okay. And that's that validation didn't come from WrestleMania, but I got the same feeling at WrestleMania. Wow. 
Wow. Guys, uh, awesome show. Emotional show. Important show. Again, you can hear the Busted Open Master's Class each and every Sunday. You have to subscribe to the Busted Open podcast to do so. So make sure you do. It's free, as Mark just said. But if you love what you hear, make sure you subscribe to our show on Sirius XM Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time. For Tommy Dreamer, for Bully Ray, for Mark Henry, this is Dave LaGreca. We'll talk to you next week on Busted Open's The Master's Class. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream the podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.